Hello, this is Jerry Hendricks, and before we begin our midweek podcast, I wanted to take time to invite you to a very special event. Last January, in our annual vision meeting, I asked the group to describe what best defines First Baptist Church Sweetwater. After a few seconds, someone said, we're not afraid to ask what if. At that moment, everything went into slow motion for me as I attempted to capture the power of that idea. Needless to say, a conversation series was born. This series begins on Sunday, August the 19th. So before we get to that special Sunday, I want to ask you to do two things. One, mark your calendar and tell everyone where you're going to be on that Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and invite them to join you. Two, start asking yourself that question right now and write down your what if responses. That's it. Join us on August 19th at 10.30 a.m. for worship and start journaling your responses. I can't wait to be a part of this journey with you. Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast. We're excited to share this midweek conversation with you as T. Hamilton sits down with Pastor Jerry Hendricks. If you would like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or go to fbcsweetwater.org. Hello, this is Jerry Hendricks, and we want to welcome you to our midweek podcast. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Teak Hamilton. Hello, Teak. Hello, good friend, Jerry. It's good to be back in Sweetwater and in our studio and talking to the microphone. Yes, it is. Away from camps and things like that. Summer's over, which is good for us. Not too many teachers excited, though. It's a two-week sprint. We've got to get things ready (laughs) before uh, school starts, but it's an exciting time. Probably my favorite time of the year. Yeah, we got Global Leadership coming up that we're going to also, and that's a lot of fun. Yep, it's our fourth year to attend as a staff together, I think, Mm -hmm. and uh, always come back from that two-day experience inspired. It just kind of fuels the uh, current adrenaline that I already have from the start of the year. So looking forward to that and looking forward to hanging out with you. Hey, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you, too. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. Uh, Let's talk about uh, our conversation Sunday. We got two weeks left of uh, our series in Mark. And so you were at the high point in Mark uh, where Peter makes his declaration of who Christ is. And you mentioned a little bit, but that's the turning point where everything now is pretty much downhill straight to Jerusalem and the cross. So that's why we're starting to to wrap things up. But it's a really cool story and uh, testimony of Peter to, to say what he says. Right. It's been fun to go through the gospel uh, this summer and probably of all the, the this is my fourth summer uh, doing uh, a summer series and we try to keep them consistent even though they're much longer right. and honestly feel longer uh, than uh, our normal series of, of three to four weeks. Uh, it's been probably the one of the most enjoyable ones that we have done and getting a grasp of the gospel itself and the gospel story from Mark's perspective is helpful. But Sunday was, I think most people agree that that's, that verse, that particular verse is the turning point in that gospel. And everything kind of changes from there. And, you know, what we're going to do is kind of have to, uh, to linger in some of that tension because we're going to go from Mark 9 on Sunday but then uh, we'll jump into a series for, for the fall. And uh, then, you know, we'll pick up that uh, the narrative of the, the passion and all that uh, right. next spring. But that's just a, more of a natural flow to that, but still uh, hopefully a good healthy tension of coming up to that point and then uh, having to wait for a while. I think this has been one of my favorite summer series, just like you said. And it partly is because it's my favorite gospel. 
But I've enjoyed kind of working through it straight through and seeing character development happen. Things like Peter, who who is so um, off the charts and kind of doesn't get Jesus at first. Now he's making this grand statement, and we know that there's other places that he still stumbles. But just seeing how Mark develops characters, how lives are changed because of Jesus, and uh, I've enjoyed that part of it, the literary side, I guess. Well, that's true. And then I think from my perspective on studying it is that you tend to pick up uh, when you pick up the new theme, then it's it's highlighted by the by the previous passages that's already kind of introduced that theme. Mm-hmm. So when we get to this place where we're talking about the identity of Jesus, we're right. doing that. It's not the first time we've done it, uh, or that that Jesus has done this, but we're at a whole different place in his ministry, right. and really in, in a completely different way that he's approached it. Where he uh, he took the disciples away from the crowds mm-hmm. and uh, kind of uh, maybe even on a, a retreat kind of thought, if, right. since our mind kind of goes there, uh, to really work through this process because it was going to be intense. I believe it was N.T. Wright or whatever his real name is. Tom. Tom Wright uh, <laughs> that I was reading that he used the word, and I used it Sunday, that a lot of Jesus' teaching up to this point had been cryptic. Right. And, of course, we talked about that, how Jesus used parables. We talked specifically about that, I think, for a couple of weeks, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of fueled our conversation on how Jesus was teaching. But we were at a place in, at this point where Jesus needed to be very clear right. uh, because it was about to become intense. Mm-hmm. And, he tra- and he begins to explain that as well. Uh, besides just dealing with his identity piece. Right. Uh, you talked about how Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? The people who aren't necessarily close to me and know me real well. And you used to point out that the ones that they were naming were very important people in the history of Israel, but also in the coming Messiah. And I thought that was interesting because I hadn't thought about their role of who they would see Jesus as if he wasn't the Messiah. Right. And their mindset, all of those had a specific role to play in the coming of the Messiah. And so when they begin to line things up, that's where they would kind of get tripped up on their previous, uh, or on their thoughts about what the Messiah would be, because there were a lot of similarities with John the Baptist uh, being the one uh, crying out in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and that that Elijah kind of uh, way that they thought that that would happen. But uh, it it, it, it went a completely different way, and uh, the Jewish people just struggled uh, constantly with who Jesus was and whether or not he was the Messiah. Because I think there was this, this back and forth of being intrigued. You know, they would, the Scripture would say they were amazed. So I feel like that they were really intrigued by who Jesus was, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't take that next step and really believing that Jesus was going to be the Messiah with the way that he was doing ministry. Right. Traditionally, Mark's gospel is Peter's story. Peter's telling to Mark. And so a lot of times you see this humility and I guess Peter that he's telling the bad stuff that he does and how he messes up. But this is the one of those cases where he says he got it right or he tells a story to where he's the hero of the story. And you don't see that very often with Peter, but it is kind of like this glimmer of hope for some of us who we put our feet on our mouth a lot of times, but he gets it. It's a high moment. Yeah. And, you know, in the other Gospels, uh, it's it's told with a little more detail. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's difficult just to kind of skim over that and leave that as it is. Right. But it was a significant statement. 
and it was significant for for Peter to make that declaration uh, from his own experience and life and knowledge, but also in the presence of the other disciples, where they could begin to jump on board with the idea that uh, this, while regardless of what we had thought or how much Jesus was looking like the Messiah. Mm-hmm. That was the Messiah moment right there. Right. And even Jesus at the end of it says, don't tell anybody. Again, he's kind of right. putting it quietly and keeping it right there because he knows the cross is still to come. Right. And, and that's going to be a defining moment. Right. It's about to get crazy. And, you know, as they come back from, uh, come back down toward uh, where is the, the crowds were and the ministry would take place, uh, it starts to get right back on track with where it was. And, right. Uh, so it was it was a good section, a good moment, and a good time to look in on the life of Jesus right there. You talked a lot about uh, we need to know Jesus, uh, not just to follow him. We need to know him first. And and I think that's sometimes a, a place that we skip that we'll teach so much about Jesus, but we forget about the part of leading people to know who Jesus is and to begin that following experience. Right. And, I'm ta- and I think when we talk about that in terms of discipleship and what we're talking about is knowing Jesus in relationship, not not knowing Jesus uh, cognitively, not right. just knowing facts about Him, and then in getting to know Him in the same way. I feel like that He wanted His disciples to understand who He was. Make sure that we're not leading with our own ideas of who Jesus is, but really being open to how Jesus identity Jesus identity becomes clear to us through relationship. Hmm. And I think that's important for us, for believers, as we try to understand uh, God in our own life and in our own world, so that we can grasp. If we can grasp that, then I feel like then we're ready to move forward with Him. Right, and and that's what the disciples were doing. They were building that relationship. At least they had him present. That's kind of right, helpful. Right. <laughs> yeah. we, we have a little more struggle, but we see it in the Scripture, and we experience that story through Scripture, and that's where we first developed that relationship. Yes, and I think probably that you're, you see even in that conversation that Jesus is helping them turn the corner, mm-hmm. that once, if we can really understand him, then there's a greater likelihood that we'll be able to go with him. Right. Because there may be in our relationship those those times when we're going to be drawn into some craziness, mm-hmm. and we're, we may have to make a hard decision uh, in our in, in the workplace and in, in our school or whatever. Uh, and it, when, when it comes time for those things, and as they develop in our life, and they do, then the better we know and understand Jesus in relationship, I believe, the better we'll be able to go through to walk through those situations. Right. And speaking of situations, you talked about the cross a lot Sunday. And even sitting in here in the studio, we have a cross in here with us. The cross has become more of a symbol of hope for us now. But in that time, the cross was not a symbol of hope, a symbol of death. And so it relates to suffering when Jesus says, take up your cross, follow me. That's not this happy-go-lucky thing. It's a, a, a death sentence. And so I think sometimes we have a, a difficulty in the Western culture, at least, of understanding suffering because sometimes we don't want to make light of it and we don't want to make light of other people who suffer around the world for their faith, but also balancing that with what it means for us to take up our cross and fall and to, to live that life of suffering like Jesus did. Right, and we talked pre-show about mm-hmm. some of those ideas. And when you think about I think what we tend to want to do is we want to, our, the only way we can associate that with that is 
we put that cross statement in terms of how Christians are persecuted. Right. And and I know in my life and in my experience, I've not observed a lot of persecution. I know it takes place in some places. Right. Uh, so for us to, so I do think that we do struggle with understanding and capturing what what it means for a disciple, for a follower of Jesus uh, to take up their cross. And we have, we, uh, you know, that's a part of discovery for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think it's an easy discovery. I think that's kind of what you're getting at there, maybe. Yeah. You said the word persecution and, and we don't see that where we live a lot of times. And so then we think that it has to be that way for us to experience suffering, but there's gotta be something else there. It's just interesting to kind of, deal with that in our own lives and to see what that is for us. Right. And I, the word that I kept coming to mind as I was uh, thinking through it for Sunday was that it's just, it's us beginning to understand what, what life looks like when we surrender to Jesus. Hmm. And so that the cross for me anyway, I think has been interpreted more in that context than in any other way. Hmm. Cause I know that I've not, I've, I've never had a time where I felt like I was persecuted. I might have been right. made fun of or as a teenager or something, but, but let's get real. That's That stuff's not really persecution. Right. I think we bring a lot of that on ourselves yeah. sometimes, and then we like to throw it out there as persecution, and there's people around the world that, that die for their yeah. faith. There are people. That's persecution. And, and even, today, even today, there are people who are dying because of their faith right. or they're ost- forever ostracized from family because of faith. Right. And uh, we don't want to, we're not minimizing that at all. Right. We know that's a very real thing. But for most of us who are uh, in, in the comfy part of the world, mm-hmm. that's not a reality. But that doesn't exempt us from having to deal with that passage right. and trying to figure out what that means to us as we discover Jesus and as we follow Jesus. And it's going to be different for every person because everybody, every person's faith journey is different. Right. And it may be, you know, just this, an attitude of just being willing every day to take up that cross and just go where Jesus is going. Right. And maybe something is, at least visually, a part, as a part of our faith experience, something that would just kind of help us to walk through life better. We talked about uh, taking up your cross, about who Jesus is, about knowing Jesus this week, and that's going to lead naturally into this next week uh, where we're going in Mark chapter 9. Do you want to say anything about that? Uh, no, other than, <laughs> other than I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really having to, to keep myself in check because this is a real exciting time mm-hmm. of the year for me. And uh, to, to be able to be, this is where I get re-energized, I guess, uh, thinking about the new rhythm of the, of the fall. But uh, there's a lot of things I'm ready to say. And then also being at GLS for two days, right. I build up a real uh, a vast repertoire of things that are on my heart and on my mind. Right. But uh, it'll be fun to, 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 to close out the gospel, uh, again, examining the disciples and their responsibility mm-hmm. as Jesus uh, directs them. Right. This, la- this next week will be our last uh, in the summer series, and then we move on to what if, as you talked about at the first of the service. Right. Our, or the first podcast. We're excited about uh, August the 19th. We've been talking about that a lot. Uh, we're going to have a special recognition time for those who uh, are educators. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means anyone that's involved in school systems uh, or educating uh, children and students. And we think that's important. Uh, I believe that those are the greatest missionaries of the church yep. and have uh, the potential through them uh, to see uh, the world changed. And yep. so we're excited about that. 
We'll have a special commissioning uh, in our worship service as well as uh, some gifts uh, for the teachers in our church uh, just to encourage them and bless them and know that uh, that they're a valuable part of what God's doing in, through, in, in and through us at First Baptist Church. It's safe to say, in my opinion, that this is a Sunday you don't want to miss. Yes. I mean, if it were up to me, I would say the next four or five Sundays, yeah, absolutely don't want to miss it. This is like Midsummer Advent. This yeah, is going to be great. I know. It sounds, uh, I, I'm hard to, <laughs> it's hard to believe I'm even saying this myself, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'll say this, that if you will, if you can't be there, you will regretfully miss right. uh, some of the most significant Sundays that we've had here. And I think it's demonstrated, we had this, like this week was meetings week for us. Uh, it's been building in, in anticipation in our staff meetings and mm-hmm. our meetings this week. And so uh, we're just in a really good season, and we're really excited about what God has in store for us. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good week this week and a great week next week also. Well, I'm going to be there. I'll be there too. I'll see you. See ya. See ya.